I was upset. I didn't think I had what it takes. It took a while to admit anything was wrong. Diet and exercise sounded intimidating. But small easy goals made it easy to start. Every situation is different. There are many paths to victory, but the end goal is all the same. This is the Weight Loss Podcast with Matt and Courtney, a couple who committed to a strategy and lost a combined 100 kilograms. When it comes to weight loss, you don't just need encouragement, you need a strategy. Hello and welcome to the best health and fitness podcast you've never heard about. It's the Weight Loss Podcast. My name is Matt. And I'm Courtney. Hello, Courtney. Hello. So we're here today to have a chat about overcoming your lack of self-belief. A lack of self-belief is, well, it's something that affects everyone. It certainly has affected Courtney and I before. I think it is one of the biggest causes for people not getting what they want. Yeah, absolutely. I think that it. I think that it's huge, and I completely agree with you. It definitely affects everybody, and repeatedly. I think uh, it's not something that you affects you, and then you overcome it, and then you never be touched by it ever again. I think it's something that can definitely come up several times. I know it has for me, and I know it has for a lot of other people. So I think it's something that not only affects everybody, but a lack of self belief can. Uh, can affect you multiple times over your life. Great point. I know for me, it has been. I've been overcoming my own thoughts about not being able to accomplish things basically my entire life. Mm. So going back to me telling myself, you'll always be fat, to even when, when Courtney and I were putting this podcast together in December and January, to me telling myself, you're just a PT, why are you doing a podcast? Yeah. So it's it's something that affects everyone and it does it does affect people over a long-term period of time. I think Courtney's made a very, very good point. And it's something that your self-belief evolves. Mm. So the things that you say you can't do are different in different parts of your journey, if that makes sense. So at the start, it may be someone telling themselves, oh, you can't go to the gym because that's where the fit people go. Mm. You don't fit in there. Why are you going there? (laughs) Or you shouldn't join those group fitness classes because you're going to be the most unfit person there. So just don't even go. Yeah. So I tend to find that someone's lack of self-belief often gives, well, you can almost call it analysis paralysis where they'll think about something they want to achieve so much, but then overthink it and talk themselves out of it. Yeah, by doing nothing. By doing nothing. So all all the things they tell themselves eventually come true because they haven't taken action on what they want to achieve in the first place. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, correct me if I'm wrong, Matt, but I think a lot of it You're comes wrong. to... <laughs> Sorry. A lot of it's fear. I think fear is a massive one with a lack of self-belief. Fear of what? Fear of ridicule, fear of looking bad, fear of failure, failure, fear of any negative, insert negative emotion here. Maybe, sorry, Courtney, maybe fear of negative comments. Absolutely. I mean, no one has ever been afraid of anything really like amazing happening. It's like, 
well, I actually take that back there because is. there is fear of uh, succeeding as well. So I am wrong on that one. I'll pick myself up before everyone, <laughs> before you chime in and say, no, no, you're wrong. No. So, but most of the time, can I just retract by saying most of the time, it is fear of something negative. So insert negative emotion here. But yes, there is a lack of self-belief because some people do have sometimes a fear of succeeding. But I think fear is is a lot of what drives lack of self-belief. And I think for myself, I think a lot of my self-belief issues in the past have come from uh, comparing myself to others. Okay. I think that this is a really uh, big, big issue that affects a lot of people. But for myself, a lot of it came from, no, I can't do that because I'm never going to look like her. Which, and and, uh, listening to that totally... even listening to myself say that totally doesn't even make any sense because you don't know you're going to look like that person unless you try. Yet how many people tell themselves things like that? It's yeah, it's it's amazing how easily you get into that mind frame of thinking that that is truth and that is the way it really happens and lack of self-belief and then it just drives down your confidence. I think I think Courtney's made a pretty good point there. I would also chime in and say I think it can also stem from a lack of self-worth yeah so someone might tell themselves you're not meant to be anything great in life Mm. you're not meant to accomplish anything notable in life you're just meant to be average Mm. or meant to be you know one of the pack invisible invisible anonymous Stay in the background. Yep, just you know, flying under the radar. Yeah. You're always meant to be flying under the radar. Yeah. Screw that. Yeah. Screw that. Absolutely. Uh, I, I do agree with Courtney as well in terms of the comparison to others. So I've seen that uh, come into play both working with the general public, shall we say, as a PT and a gym owner, but I've also seen it from a lot of personal trainers as I'm not sure if Courtney or I have mentioned this before, but I do also work as a trainer to PTs, one of my favorite jobs in mm. the world. But the the comparison to others isn't just limited to the average gym goer. It's also something that affects personal trainers mm. as well. In terms of comparing themselves to other successful trainers, they'll, they'll say, oh, well, I could never get that good. Mm. I could never get that successful. And how is that any different to your average gym member saying to themselves, oh, well, I'll never be as fit as that person in the class, so why do I even bother? Yeah, absolutely. And it, it really is it's something that if you overcome, I tend to find as well with a lack of self-belief, if you overcome that first hurdle, so you overcome your first hurdle of saying, no, I am going to go to the gym, I am going to make a change, and you do that, I think that the the really important thing is to be really conscious of your self-belief and empowering yourself because as soon as the next hurdle comes up, that lack of self-belief can really ramp up again and then you can find yourself stuck because you're not willing to take that next step because it's it's come back again. It's not something, as I said, that can just be boom and fixed. I think that every time a hurdle comes up in our life, it can come up again, that lack of self-belief. That little voice inside our head that says, no, don't do that. You'll look silly. 
Mm. Or, no, mm. don't do that. It might turn out really well and then they'll want you to do other things that you don't want to do. Or, you know, so it could work either way. And I think that you really have to be careful that when you do find that confidence to make that first step with whatever it is, whether it's uh, getting into the gym, whether it's changing a bad eating habit or just changing a bad habit, like drinking too much or like smoking or something like this, once you make that step and you've got the the self-belief to empower yourself to make that change and then you get really good at that one change, fantastic, but then you want to take the next step and suddenly that lack of self Believe that negativity might come back in again. All right, so I'm going to give some personal insight here. Mm. I think both I think both Courtney and I should should do that now, because we did say earlier that this does affect everyone, and we are no different. I know for me, it has affected me in multiple ways over the years in in different areas of my life. The first one being for years and years and years when I was younger, I would tell myself, "Oh, you'll always be fat." You'll always be alone. You'll never have a successful career. You'll always be nothing. So I would tell myself that constantly. And what would be the outcome? Well, that's what I would get. Because I would believe it and nothing nothing would happen. And then eventually I had my, my snap point, as we call it, where I was very, very close to committing suicide. And something went off in my head and I just realized that whatever the future may hold, even though I don't know what it is and I can't picture it, it has to be better than where I am or where I was. Mm. And that's where it started. But that came after years and years and years and years of telling myself I was going to amount to nothing and I would always be alone, etc., and even then, having had that moment where I told myself that I'm going to choose the unknown over the known because the known is what makes me unhappy, it's one thing to say, it's another thing to do. Yeah. So eventually, you know, action had to follow intent. Mm. So from there, for me, it was taking step one of being active going to the gym regularly, getting that regular habit of exercise happening. That was the first step I had to take to build even the smallest shred of self-belief. I think the ability to be able to say to yourself, yes, I can, is very powerful, mm. very meaningful, especially given that most of us for so so many years in our lives say to ourselves, I can't. Then being able to say to yourself, I can, is, I think, a profound experience that changes gradually, changes the way you look at everything in life. I agree. And it's just that one subtle change really, isn't it? It's sort of like, you remember those uh, movies and I think there's been a book of it as well done where there's been people that for a certain length of time have just said yes to everything? Nope, never heard of it. Well... There has, I'm sure there was a movie about it, but there was a book done and I can't remember off the top of my head who 
it does sound like an episode of Seinfeld, to be does fair. It? Didn't George do that? Or was that I don't watch Seinfeld. I was much more of a friends person. Oh, let's not have that discussion. <laughs> but oh, can I just say there was a there was a talk, there was a TED talk I listened to very recently. And I think it was done by um Shauna, Shauna. She's a she's a in she's in the entertainment um, industry. I think she I that think she's developed. A, she's been responsible for a lot of the hit TV shows on the air, like Grey's Anatomy and a lot of the hit TV shows. Right. And she recently did a TED talk, and she recently done an experiment with herself about. For a certain length of time, she said yes to everything. 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 So her child wanted her... She was maybe late for a meeting or she had to race out the door and her child said, turned to her and said, Mommy, will you play with me? And instead of saying, no, I'm going to work, she turned to her child and said yes. And it was just little things like that. So I'm getting off track. But the reason I brought this up was because it's very much like that experiment with what you're just saying. Instead of saying all the time, I can't, I can't, I can't, you turn that around and you started saying to yourself, I can, I can do this, I can do this. So it's very much like the yes experiment where you have to force yourself to start saying yes to things. And I know for myself that that has been big into in my life as well because I've often quite a negative person, negative Nelly. Yes. Do I say quite often? Yes, you are a negative Nelly quite there's, often. There's negative Nelly and there's positive Penny. And so I you try to be positive Penny. I try to be positive Penny quite often, but I am quite a negative I'm not very optimistic in life, I have to say. And that is something that I have definitely and still do have to work on. And I think a lot of my problems definitely when I first started were no you're always going to be fat a lot like what Matt said in terms of no you're not you're not going to be fat you're always going to be fat you're always going to be alone no one's going to love you the way that you look so don't even bother trying these sort of things until one day I really had to have that snap moment and just say no you know what I am going to try and see what happens if I do this and and what I can accomplish. Mm. And I think that a lot of my lack of self-belief over time has been caused from a lot of negativity and it's been caused from obviously myself. I've just told myself, no, don't do that. Growing up, I was very afraid of looking bad, of looking silly in front of other people. So Mm. I would err on the side of don't do anything. Yep. And then you won't look silly. And then you won't look bad in front of people and then people won't laugh at you because you're not involved and you're not doing anything. And now looking back on my high school years and things like that, I it does make me um, very regretful looking back and seeing how much self-belief I just did not have in my teenage years and that really carried through into my adult life. And I've had to work really hard on correcting that. And I think one of the big moments for me has been um, looking at motivation. Okay. And I used to think that motivation was going to get me through. Uh. Oh, I'm motivated. <laughs> I'm going to do this. I, I'm motivated today. That is that. Well, that's the key, isn't it? I'm motivated this week. I'm motivated at the moment. And I think the big lesson I've had to learn with motivation is that motivation is highly overrated. It is highly overrated. Because you're not going to feel motivated all the time. Oh, no. It is no secret that I hate working out. 
Mm. I despise working out. So I am very rarely ever motivated to go to the gym. But I go there because I have a self-belief that by doing it is going to make me feel better. It's going to make me look better. It's just going to make me a better person. Yep. So I think my biggest thing as well has been over the years, stop relying so much on motivation and focus more on that self-belief because I just don't think I gave it enough of uh, my attention in the first couple of years of my um, transformation. I know for me as well, I can give examples on my own lack of self-belief when it comes to being a health and fitness professional. So I struggled with the idea of opening up our gym. Mm, I remember that. Uh, I didn't think I didn't think I was ready for it. I didn't think I could do it. But you did it. I did it. And then I can also think of the time where the idea was put to me that hey you're pretty good at this now. You've got a lot of experience under your belt. Have you ever thought about, you know, working with and helping other personal trainers? When I actually talked myself out of doing that for 12 months. Because what I did, I would compare myself to people that I perceived to be successful PTs in the industry and said to myself, oh, I could never be as good as them. Mm. So I didn't do it. Until one day I thought, actually, I might have something to offer here. I said to myself, I can, as opposed to I can't. And now fast forward a few years later and Courtney will tell you, like I've, I've had great experiences now working with PTs and really passing along a lot of knowledge and wisdom and, and advice and guidance, etc. But before that even came about, I spent 12 months saying I can't. Yeah, and so, and so I didn't. Yeah, and I remember that time. And I think that my professional sorry, experiences have been um, on this similar track where when I first met Matt, I was not in the fitness industry. I was in the hospitality industry and had been for many years and that's where I had thought my life would be staying and I would just be continuing in that industry. And obviously once going through my personal journey, Matt going through his professional journey and opening up the gym and me supporting him in that doing that, I started to get involved in the gym more and more and more. And then he came to me with the idea that I also become a trainer and I uh, get more into the gym and become a coach with him and really get stuck in. And, and, and my answer was, no, not happening. Mm. That is not going to be happening. Yep. I'm not a trainer. I can't do that. I've Yes, I <laughs> have done it myself, but that doesn't mean that I can help other people. Are you insane? And it, that was my response for quite a long time. And we had, we had real head-to-head battles about that. Yeah, we did. And uh, fun times. Fun times, babe. But <laughs> yeah, fun times. But um, the good old days. Oh, the good old days. Negative Nelly. Mm. But obviously, I had to learn self belief in myself, and though well, that didn't really make sense, but you know what I mean. I had to learn self belief and understand that I could do that. That I did have the skills to be able to do that. I had the knowledge and could learn even more about helping other people and I just had to make that leap and make that decision to make it happen 
And I think that, Matt, you said something earlier on in this conversation about you just sort of have to make that leap and just say, you know what, I'm just going to see what happens. Yeah, you have to go face the unknown. I see it a lot with the clients that we work with. And I've seen mm-hmm. it over the years where, and I can understand obviously the the frame of mind when you've come from being unhappy with yourself for years, it's very easy to talk yourself out of things. Mm-hmm. So Courtney and I will get people coming to us asking for our help, but then in the back of their mind, they're telling themselves, well, you'll never succeed anyway. Yeah. And so that comes to pass. So the amount of people I've worked with where deep down inside, they don't think they're going to do it. No. And guess what happens? They don't do it. Nope. So they tend to they tend to make what they predict actually come true because they talk themselves into inaction. Well, it's just like how many clients, Matt, have we had come to us who we say to them, what's your goal? And they'll tell us the goal. And we can clearly see that that is not their real goal. No, they're... they're sort of understating they're understating what's actually the important stuff exactly because in the back of their mind they don't think they can they don't think they can so they can say to us we can say oh what's your goal and they might say to us our goal my goal is to be a size 12 where deep down i know just looking at them i can see okay her goal is actually to be a size 10 well there are also giveaways to that where they're the words that they choose to say. Yeah. So I've heard plenty of times myself, might be a female, say something like in terms of, you know, what what's your goal? Oh, well, you know, I'd be kind of happy with a size 14. I'd be, I'd just be happy at this, yeah. Yet deep down, I know for a fact, if, if that number was a little bit smaller, they'd, it would change their life. But they don't think they can get it. So the, the female might say to me, yeah, I'd be kind of happy with a size 14, but what they're not telling me is size 12 will change the way I look at myself and change the way I approach my life and make me extremely happy, but I don't think I can do it. Correct. And I think that's the big thing is that that female is saying, I don't think I can do it. So if I just tell him a size 12, that means if I don't really reach my actual goal of hitting a size 10, then... I haven't failed and I don't look silly. Yep. And so it's just a shield. It's just a protection to say, actually, I don't I don't know if I'm going to actually be able to do that. So if I just say less than what I actually want, then it protects me from looking bad. Yeah, it's almost like a bit of a buffer, isn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Where it's, I would settle for this, but deep down I want that. I really want that. But I don't want the pain of potentially going for that, whatever that is, and not getting it. Absolutely. But immediately what you're doing there is talking yourself out of it. So you're not going to get it in the first place. No, you're straight away talking yourself down. Mm. Straight yep. away talking yourself down. And yep. I've done that. I've, I've absolutely done that. I've set goals for myself in my own personal transformation and said, oh, I'd be happy at this. No, no I wouldn't be. Huh. No, I wouldn't be. Huh. I would be happy... I would be much happier if I hit my goal of blah. Mm. But I don't know if I can do that. So I've done that. I see so many people do it. And so it's definitely very common. It's very normal to do. But it's something that really is just digging away at your self-belief. Can I give another example that... I say I'll show you. You can do whatever you want. 
Oh, thank you. <laughs> well, in that case, I'm going to give another example. Oh, there's the laugh. Courtney has an outrageous all-time laugh. <laughs> Stop. Give your example. Okay. Well, Courtney and I see this a lot in the gym where people that, that are, are training with us in our gym will tell themselves before attempting a certain exercise, I can't do that. Mm, I can't lift that. Good example. That's too heavy for me. I'm not strong enough. And guess what happens? They lift it. Well, not always. No, that's true. I've seen it where they they talk themselves out of it. But they try. That's the main thing. They might actually not talk themselves out of it, though. They might try to lift it and still not make it. But the point is that they had the self-belief to try. Nope, I've seen it. No, this is where I disagree with you, Courtney. I've seen it where people will tell themselves, oh, this is really heavy, I can't do it. And in their mind, say, for example, lifting lifting a weight. Now, I see this a lot with deadlifts. Deadlifts, squats, big boy exercises or big girl exercises, as we call them, where someone will say, oh, that's really heavy. That's really, really heavy. Yeah. And in their mind, they're adding weight to oh, the yeah. exercise. And I've seen it not move. Yeah. I mean, you know what? I've even had that myself. I've seen people do that mid-set. Yep, and they can't pick it up. I've had that with um with deadlifts in particular. That's the one that that would get me where I would be talking to myself about how heavy the weight is and it wouldn't budge. Yeah, I've done that as but, well. But but if I go if I go into the exercise with a different frame of mind, for me personally, it's being a bit more mentally aggressive. Mm. And being like, you know, I'm going to fucking smash this. <laughs> I'm yeah. going after it. It's a challenge. All of a sudden, you're almost mentally taking weight off the exercise. Mm. And you, you're then doing things that, well, you, you can't help but be impressed by. Yeah, absolutely. And I've done it as well. And I think that's another really common thing to do. It's no different with cardio. You know, someone might be going for a run and they might say, okay, we're going to do two two laps of the track tonight instead of one. Mm. Oh, no, I can't do two. We haven't even tried yet. Yep. Yeah, so if you say you can't do two, you won't do two. No, you won't, you're not going to do it. Mm. You're not going to do it. Mm. So I think that there are um, really good examples of how a lack of self-belief can really affect you. I think... Stepping into the unknown, as I, th- I think we've both t- touched on, Matt and I here, it's it's better it's better sometimes it's it's just it's just taking the leap, it's just taking the leap and saying you know what I don't know whether I'm going to achieve this or not I don't know whether I'm going to be able to run two laps of that track or one I don't know if I'm going to be able to lift up that deadlift weight or not I don't know if I'm going to make my goal of being a size ten or not but you know what I'm bloody going to try. Yeah, very good point. I also think if the goal that you're chasing is the real goal and the goal that is most important to you, as in, you know, we always say, Courtney and I always say, find your why. Mm. And your the, the reason why you do something has to be emotionally powerful and oh, important yeah. to you. It's a lot easier to even attempt things when what you're working towards means the world to you. Oh, yeah. Where, I mean, how many times Courtney and I can say that we've seen people shoot for goals that don't even mean anything to them? Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, it, realistically, if you, get a, if you do something like that, chances are you're never going to make it. Yep. So I think one of the biggest tips that I can give in terms of overcoming a lack of self-belief 
is, well, let's look at this. If you are someone that is unhappy with where you're at, obviously you can't see the future. You haven't got a crystal ball that shows you how your life's going to be or what you're going to look like or anything. Mm. But is the unknown better than the known? If the known is making you unhappy, have a crack at the unknown. Because I know that's that's the biggest thing I told myself. I, I touched on it earlier. The first thing I told myself when I was younger that prompted me to just start doing something was realizing that pushing to what I couldn't see surely couldn't be worse than where things had been for the last you know 25 years. Mm. So give me the unknown over an unhappy known. Yeah, I think that's such a massive point and it's something that I've had to as well learn over the time. And I think the other thing I've had to learn, which is a, a tip that I would want to give, is facing your fears. Okay. I think over the time I've had a lot of fears that I've had to face and, and they still come up. They still come up all the time. There's something that will come up and I'll, and I'll automatically feel it, that that lump in my throat and I start to get a headache and I think, oh, I really don't want to do that. I really don't want to do that. There's there's some sort of fear related to me doing that, that task or aiming for that goal and I don't want to do it. But over time, I've had to learn that I have to face those because they, they really will hold you back. Mm. They really will. And the problem with fears and negativity is that it, it just feeds it and, it and it breeds and it grows and grows and grows and it's a vicious cycle if you let it go where you really have to start small. Don't tackle all your fears at one time. You've just got to pick one and start improving them one by one. But if you don't start doing that, then they will just continue to feed and they'll continue to grow and that little voice inside your head will just continue to tell you that you can't do more and more things. I think Courtney's made a pretty good point there. Another bit of advice I would also give you is, well, it's a question that I ask people once I realize that they are suffering from a real distinct lack of self-belief. I ask them, what would it take to prove to you that you are either worth it mm. or can do it. So have a think to yourself. If you're the sort of person that is struggling with, well, you're telling yourself the things you can't do, the question I have for you is, what could you do? What could you work for? What could you, you know, achieve that will prove to you that you can? Mm. Whatever it is, could I suggest going and doing it? That's a fantastic question. Ooh. That really is. It's a great question. I think everyone should ask themselves that. Okay. I like it. Absolutely. But it's that's it's a very powerful question. Oh, yeah. And I think once you've once you've identified what that milestone achievement is and once you go and hit it, all of a sudden it seems a lot easier in your head to go for the next thing. Mm. So for me, the first milestone achievement was get to the gym. Yeah. Get to the gym, get off the couch. Mm. The next milestone was start to have less copious amounts of junk food Yeah. every day. And then this started to feed into itself. So where Courtney said before that 
negativity and negative thoughts feed into themselves, so does positive thoughts and positivity. So my gradual building positivity fed into itself and eventually started to, to sort of extend itself to different areas of my life. So, you know, get to the gym, step one, eat a little bit less junk food, step two, down the track, it led to things like have a career. Have a career that is successful and worth being proud of. It then extended to move, leave home, as in leave my hometown and move into state and start afresh just for the thrill of the adventure. It then led to become a personal trainer, mm. open your own gym, work with other personal trainers, launch a podcast. Be more visible on social media. Do live videos. Put yourself out there more. That positivity gradually feeds into itself where it's now at the stage where, well, I think Courtney would probably back me up on this, where the people, anyone that knows me would probably say to you that I have almost an irrational amount of confidence <laughs> yes. in myself in terms of no matter what it is, I think I can ace it. Yes. Uh, I will definitely cop to that and I'm fine with that and I'm proud of that. Because I'd rather that than where I used to be, which was I can't do anything and I can't accomplish anything. Yeah. So I'd rather tell myself I can and then give it a real shake. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that I don't really have anything much more to add to what you just said because I think that I agree with everything you've just said. So, Courtney, what you're saying here is I've nailed it. You have nailed that High one. High five. Oh, God. Boom. <laughs> Yes, I think you I think you have really have nailed it because I think that a lack of self-belief does affect everything from professional to personal life. Well, career, relationships. Absolutely. Obviously, you know, with the topic of this podcast, weight loss, health and fitness, That's transformation, right. but it affects every aspect of your life. Oh, absolutely. And as you said, ne the negativity does feed into each other, but so does the positivity, and I think that that's really important to look at when you're looking at really improving your self-belief. And, well, I'll, I, I do think when it comes to this topic, I am personally a very good example to use to people, especially if you're someone that is early on in the stage of your journey and you're telling yourself the things you can't do. All I'll say to you is this. Years ago, when I said to myself, I'll take the unknown over the known, what I didn't know was that the unknown would be living, you know, having a beautiful wife, having my own gym, talking to you right now on my own podcast. I can I can honestly say I didn't see any of that coming. But none of it would have been possible had I not said to myself, go for it. Yeah. See where it takes you. And this is something that I tell all my clients as well. Follow this path. See where this goes because you don't know how this can change your life. Yeah, absolutely. Saying to yourself, yes, I can, as opposed to no, I can't, and then going and doing something about it can lead to your life changing, well, as I can say, in ways that you would never see coming. You go back 10 years ago and tell me 10 years ago that I'm doing this here today, mm. I would give you a very strange look and then go back inside. 
Yeah, absolutely. I would have been the same. I would have been the same. So I'm not going to add much more to that because I think Matt has nailed it. But the only thing I will also add is because I did touch on it earlier, which is comparing yourself to others. So I will just quickly touch on the fact that this is obviously never recommended. It is never helpful. Well, see our podcast on comparing yourself to others as well. Yes, absolutely. That's why I'm not going to touch on it uh, in great detail. But I will just say that it is never helpful and that is something I have really had to work on over my journey because I was always guilty of that. Never helpful. And again, just feeding negativity. And I think the biggest motto that I've had to learn and to try to live by, which is I try to always look at situations now and say, if, if I don't at least try, then I cannot complain about it. Mm. So I can't be sit there complaining that I haven't got something if I haven't even tried to do it. And so I always try to have that positive thought until – and, and I try to always tell myself, you know what, it just might not work out, but who cares? Yeah, how often does it actually, well, actually does work out? Well, that's right. So I always try to have the opinion and to downplay what might happen if it doesn't work because I've always found in my life that is what being a not very optimistic person and quite a, a negative person has developed in me is that I focus too much on what's going to happen if it doesn't work. Well, it's the the whole thing where you worry about what can go wrong rather than what could go right. Exactly. So the, the, the biggest thing that has also worked for me is to downplay what will happen if it does not work because mm. I just have to tell myself, you know what, no one's going to die. You know, <laughs> the world's not going to end. It's going to be fine. Yeah. If, will I look silly if I do a Facebook Live video and I stuff it up in front of everyone watching? Probably. But worse things could happen. A lot worse things could happen. And what you'll find over time is the more you're willing to gradually step outside your comfort zone, mm. the less things affect you. I think that's a big so one too. When you make inevitable mistakes, as I mean, Courtney can back me up on this one, I still make plenty of mistakes but I've become rather good at brushing them off. Yeah, so do I. I mean, I've, I've said this many times where I've now been on my own personal transformation journey for about, what, four years now, mm-hmm. Matt? Where someone else does that same journey that I've done, it might only take them two years because oh. I've made mistakes along the way. But I'm not going to downplay those or to be afraid of them or to say, you know what, I'm not going to go any further because I'm going to look silly and I'm just going to stay here. No, I'm always going to strive to do better and I'm not going to worry about the mistakes that I've made because I can't change them. And at the end of the day, they haven't ruined anything. It's just they're just a part of life and that's that's the biggest thing I've had to try to get through to my brain to remember. So that's one of the other biggest tips that I can pass on. Well, can I just say, wife... You also have nailed it. Boom. Boom. Very well done. Guess so, what time it is. Uh, I would say it is time for an email. Do, 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 do. Oh, I got in before music. you today. All right. Well, Courtney, would you like to read the email this week? Why not? Go for this it. email is from John. John. Hi, Hello. John. Thanks for listening. Johnny. Hi, guys. I love coffee. Oh my God, so do I. Sorry. Uh, Hi guys, I love coffee. 
I drink several cups a day, but a friend told me recently that it's really bad for you and that I should give it up altogether. Is is it really that bad for me? Well, thanks, John. Yeah, thanks for the email there, John. Um, just for if you don't know already, you can email us at podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. Correct. Uh, John, put it this way. For 99.9% of people, I guarantee you that coffee isn't the worst thing they eat or drink. Now, in terms of coffee, as Courtney said before, she is a super fan of coffee. Do you love coffee? Uh, I personally have never had a cup, of, full cup of coffee in my life. I love the smell of it. I don't personally like the taste of it. But I will say this, coffee is not really bad for you. In fact... There is research showing a vast array of health benefits that come from consuming coffee, particularly of the black variety. Yeah, well, that's key, isn't it? And there's a lot of, well, I mean, Courtney will, will, will you, you know, Courtney would have heard this before yourself. There's a lot of, a bit of a beat up that goes on about, oh, don't have caffeine. Mm. Caffeine's not good for you. Actually, Caffeine's very good for you and is a fantastic... I'll tell you something. If you're the sort of person that likes to go to the gym and likes to perform their best, caffeine is a very good friend of yours. Mm. I supplement with caffeine because it's a known performance enhancer. Just not with the coffee coffee variety of caffeine. Yeah, exactly. Uh, But uh, no, John, don't give up the coffee. I think, as Matt said, there's a lot of... There's a lot of bad things in people's diets and coffee isn't exactly the worst one. But I think for a lot of people, it's what they add to their coffee, which is can be uh, part of the problem. So if you are drinking coffee with milk and three sugars, then... And you're having those seven times a day, then yes, that might add up. Problem. Or if you're smashing the Starbucks, because Starbucks, as yummy as I've heard that their their range of coffees are... They're what we like to call calorie bombs. Well, there's a lot of syrups and there's a lot of things get added into the coffee, which can become an issue. Little but goodies. Coffee on its own, no, is not an issue. So when you say several cups a day as well, we don't want to be having... I've heard of people drinking six, seven, eight cups of coffee in a day. And the rest. And is that healthy? No. It, it's not ideal, no. But for myself, I would probably have two cups in a day. One before before a workout. Two cups of black coffee uh, in a day, and sometimes it might go out to three. Um, I don't always have them black. If I'm going out uh, to a cafe or something, meeting a friend, I might have some milk in, in my coffee. But So it's not milk isn't exactly evil either, but it's all about just making sure that you're not having too much of it, that you're not having a heap of sweeteners in it, you're not having a lot of sugary syrups well, and a lot of sugar. Bucket loads of sugar does mm. add up. I will put on the show notes page for the episode at theweightlosspodcast.com some good reading on coffee and caffeine. I will say that there is merit in backing off on the caffeine slash coffee if you're using it as a supplement for your training because the body does develop a tolerance for it. Mm. Um, even though there are still benefits that come with it, if we're looking for a bit of an oomph when we hit the gym, there's there's nothing wrong with backing it off after a couple of months for a week or so and then reintroducing it. 
Uh, I do that with caffeine supplements mm. and uh, it works quite well. But like I said on the show notes page at theweightlosspodcast.com, I will put some very, very good recommended reading on coffee. What I will say is this, John, generally speaking, consume with confidence and I bet there's better things for you to stress about fixing than your love of coffee. Yes, and just one last point from me is that for a lot of people, they use coffee as a stimulant in terms of getting through their day, oh, yeah. feeling tired. I drink coffee because I actually enjoy the taste of coffee. I think if you are someone also that is drinking multiple cups of coffee during the day as a stimulant because you are feeling tired, the lack of sleep is your issue that you should be really looking at, not the coffee. Well, not just not just lack of sleep, but if someone is relying on coffee to just get themselves through their work day... As an energy boost. As an energy boost, well, clearly they're not getting the energy they need from their food choices. Correct. I mean, Courtney is correct when she says, you know, sleep can play play a massive role in that. But the biggest elephant in the room with regards to that is the food choices we make. Mm. I know for me, when I was younger, working in an office, I would suffer the regular 3 p.m. crash, yes, as we call it. But not being a coffee drinker, I had no way, no way out. But actually, I did have a way out, which was changing the way I eat. Now, there's no, as Courtney will will attest to, I've basically got energy all throughout the day. So that's a that's a different story altogether, and that's a, a different topic. But yeah, generally, John, coffee is fine. Enjoy it. Go for your life. And on that note... I think we're done. I think we're going to call it a show. You can contact us again. Uh, the email address is podcast at theweightlosspodcast.com. You can also contact us through our Facebook page, which is The Weight Loss Podcast. At Facebook, yep. So hopefully this has helped. Uh, any feedback or questions, we'd love to hear from you. On that note, we're going to call it a show. Have a good one and we will speak to you soon. Bye. Get more free tips, listen to previous episodes and contact Matt and Courtney at theweightlosspodcast.com.